Here's the man that you fear most in football, staring you right in the face. Pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it! Historians may debate whether Chicago's defense was the best unit ever to play the game. Go Bears! Welcome to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on the ESPN Chicago app, 100.3 HD2, and ESPN 1000. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and Dion Miller. Merry day after Christmas to you, everybody out there. If you asked for another Nick Foles start, well, guess what? You're going to get it, whether you asked for it or not, because we were informed, Dion Miller, I'm Jeff Miller, we were informed, Dion, by Matt Nagy on Christmas Eve that, hey, oh, by the way, Nick Foles is going to be your starting quarterback. Justin Fields, well, he's questionable. We should find out his status in about half an hour. Even if he is active, he will be the number two at best, and um, we may be uh, introducing folks to the name Ryan Willis, I believe, Yeah, as, I, as he scans his notes to confirm uh, that Ryan is actually the first name. <laughs> right, of, of said player, who at practice mm-hmm. on, oh gosh, what day was I there? Thursday? Yeah, the week ran away with me. But um, at, at practice on Thursday, we're all walking around like, no, who is that other quarterback <laughs> wearing that weird number? Like, it was so bizarre. Um, but yeah, if you, I, I actually did ask for a Nick Foles start the day after Christmas. Just kidding. I did not, but I am, I'm curious to see what happens. It all comes full circle. It all feels very, very ironic that this was what Matt Nagy wanted all along, right? That's why they got Nick Foles because he was going to start. And now here we are talking about it in week 16. Yes, week 16, the 15th game of the season, which means Bears fans, you've only got, you're only subjected (laughs) to three more of these and, it's unfortunate, but without Fields under center, it really is going to be a bit of a tough watch for Bears yes. fans today. Yes. I'm honestly looking at it as the possibility of like the parallel universe. I'm going to be watching Russell Wilson under center today and just thinking, boy, we spent a lot of time talking about the possibility of him being the Bears head uh, quarterback this offseason and what you would be willing to give up for him. I think the Bears are probably happy the way this turned out, but Honestly, with Nick Foles as the starting quarterback today, Dan, I don't have a whole lot to get excited about. I, I don't either. And you're saying that 90 seconds into our two-hour pregame show, Jeff, we have to figure out some reason to watch this game and to get excited about it. I want to be, I want to feel excited, but I do approach it with just a feeling of dread. And, and you, you feel like the, the wind is just gone from this team, right? The, the sails are pulling in. Everybody's ready to kind of pack it in and see what's next. And we can't get there yet. And that's, I think, what's so frustrating. It's hard to, you're, you wisely choose to watch this looking at Russell Wilson as opposed to what the Bears are going to do. If anything, like what can it even look like? They were so disjointed at practice the last two weeks with so much COVID turnover and so many guys on IR and just the, the flow of it was not there. They, they couldn't find a rhythm because they didn't have enough bodies out there that, that were, they were familiar with. Here's the thing, Dion. Whether or not our listeners choose to watch the Bears game today, I'm not going to put that on them. That's their call. But they can stick around for the next two hours and listen to you and me be entertaining. Oh, there we'll we talk, go. Well, I, I promise to give folks to, I'll keep everybody up to date on what's going on around the league. I know a lot of people are probably like in the semifinals of their fantasy football leagues, and so they're probably curious what's going on around the league. We will keep you abreast of what's going on there as well. We should, though, let's play for the folks out there who missed it. If you didn't have a chance 
This was Matt Nagy on Christmas Eve because I'm sure a lot of people were doing some holiday stuff. This was the announcement that Nick Foles will be starting. Andy also, um, for the game designation, is going to be out, Andy Dalton, um, with, a, with a groin. So as we were um, with Andy, his groin, before he went on the uh, COVID protocol, he just started feeling a little bit. And then he went on COVID, and throughout that time, it was it was kind of there a little bit, and uh, but nothing nothing too bad. And as as we got going, um, you know, we came out at practice the other day, and it just started feeling a little bit worse. So um, for him, for this game, he's going to end up being out. His hand um, ends up being pretty good, so um, it, it's not it's not his hand; it'll be his groin. So he'll be out for the game. Um, going back to to Justin. Um, just working through with where where he's at um, and with him not practicing, uh, Nick Foles is going to end up starting this game. And then what we'll do is we'll have pretty much a, a game time type decision as far as where Justin will be um, with backup. Uh, OK, so that's kind of where that's at with with the quarterback situation. That may have been the uh, least enthusiastic announcement of Nick Foles being our starting quarterback <laughs> you could possibly imagine. Uh, yes, and Jeff, as he was saying, I'm like, why couldn't he just say it more simply? It was like you had to follow this roundabout path of like, okay, so Andy, this is where Andy's at, and this is where Justin's at. We're All he had to get up there and say was like, we're in a position where we have to start Nick Foles, like, and where where we go from there. I mean, it's it's never that easy for the Bears to just say that, but it was. It was very. It was not enthusiastic, and we didn't even get to hear from Nick Foles, which I kind of wanted to because it's been four plus months since he's spoken to the media. And you remember, like his mentality then was, "I'm going to be the best third string quarterback the NFL has ever seen," and so now mm-hmm. he has a chance to to do something, earn a contract for next year, maybe figure out what he's mm-hmm. going to do after this. I mean. That's really his motivation, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. You're right. That's a good point. He has an opportunity to put some tape out there for people after this season. To uh, He does have the value of potentially being a, a backup quarterback in this league. you know, And I, that's undeniable. Like mm-hmm. That's the one thing. When you play well in the playoffs, and he clearly has the Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy on his mantle along with a Super Bowl MVP, that there he will be sought after as a backup quarterback in this league. So this you're absolutely right, Dion. This is his opportunity in a game that will probably feature some snow based on the latest forecast. It looks like uh, wow. there's going to be a little bit of weather today in Seattle. So if Nick Foles can do anything at all, he can certainly be um, letting teams out there put them on notice that, hey, I still have something left, and the situation in Chicago should not be a true reflection of what I am as a player. And so you're right. This is an opportunity for him. He'll have David Montgomery. He'll mm-hmm. have Darnell Mooney to utilize, and we'll see what he's capable of. But I, for Bears fans, I guess 312-332-3776, as always, is the number. If you want to participate, let us know. How are you taking this game in today? Are you going to be watching closely for something? Maybe people are trying to distract themselves. Robert Quinn has a chance to break the yes. single-season sack record. See, this There's I'm here the for. optimistic yes. point. I am here for that. That is awesome. And, I, and I'm and i so, uh, as we've talked about so many times about just what a turnaround this year has been for him and how how nonchalantly he takes it, right? Like he making the Pro Bowl, he was like, all right, cool. Let's go play football. I mean, he's just so laid back. And I'm just, I've just been very impressed with what he's been able to do on his own accord, turning it around on the field. So yes, that is a reason to watch for sure. For sure. Quinn is the second player in Bears history to have a sack in six straight games matching uh, Roosevelt Colvin, who actually had a streak of eight games back in 2001-02 that season. 
Uh, a lot of Bears folks remember Rosie Colvin when he was uh, alongside uh, Brian Erlacher during his rookie year. Um, long time, a uh, really good Bear player. And he, Robert Quinn now has uh, become only the second player to ever have a streak, uh, sack streak as long as Colvin. So that's something that he's going to look to continue to uh, keep going in today's game. He has 16 on the season. He was named to the Pro Bowl as well. Mm-hmm. One of only two Bears, along with Jakeem Grant, who will not be active today we've gotten word that he's out so we have robert quinn to watch and you know i mean i know some folks were a little bit disappointed that roquan smith was not named as well the problem is that the inside linebacker position is just so competitive and there's only two spots um Mm -hmm. as good as roquan smith has been i really wouldn't classify him as a snub because the two guys who did make it Bobby Wagner and Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons have been excellent as well all season long. So um, it's unfortunate for Oquan Smith because he certainly is a Pro Bowl caliber player. Yeah. But the reality is it's just a tough, uh, tough position to crack. It, it is. It is. It will crack the notebook a little later and talk about that. And just the feeling up at Hallis Hall is that he was indeed snubbed, but he has been so consistent for the defense and he's, he's jumped off the field. His progress has jumped off the field. I think like from the beginning of the season, everybody's like, man, Roquan is everywhere. And even watching some of the tape, he is, he's, he's nonstop. He just has that like nose for the ball. That is, it's noticeable. It's been very noticeable this year. And so that's where it's very disappointing because he's been so good, but you know, I get it. I get it. It's just, it's not always fair. Yeah. So no. Um, and to that point it, it is like, and it doesn't surprise me to hear that teammates and coaches would be taking up the, uh, you know, taking up that position that he had been snubbed. And I think though, but I always get back to the point where I'm sorry, like, you know, Parsons and Wagner, um, are both excellent players. And even mm-hmm. Fred Warner of the 49ers is an excellent player as well who did not make it. So, you know, it's just, it's very, it's very difficult. And you know what, more than anything else, I think it's a reflection when your team is four and ten, you yeah. need, you need to give teams reasons to go ahead and uh, select you at that position. And unfortunately, this is a part where the, the Bears record being as bad as it is really puts Roquan Smith in the unenviable position of having to do just almost unrealistic things to try and make himself a household name. And so until they're actually winning at a high level, it's going to be difficult for Roquan Smith to go ahead and crack that position. Um, and Robert, so I mentioned Robert Quinn, though. He yeah. does make it as the outside linebacker. Um, he's got 16 sacks. Two more will set the record and break Richard Dent's single season record at 17 and a half. I'd like to see Robert Quinn actually do it Same. before they get to that 17th game in particular because they've added, of course, the additional game. And so it would be really cool to see Quinn do it in 16 games so that you don't have to even discuss the idea of, oh, well, he had that extra game. I Listen, Richard Dent, Hall of Famer, nothing mm-hmm. wrong with him holding the record, the colonel. He's a great guy, was uh, a linchpin of the 85 defense and that entire defense for all the 80s and into the early 90s. But uh, it would be great to see Robert Quinn actually give us something memorable in a season that has been absolutely (laughs) unmemorable in many many ways. You know, when they announced that there's going to be an extra game in the season, I actually was excited. I'm like, all right, this is going to be cool. I can handle another another week of football. They should have also added a like a, an optional out for teams who were so out of it and done to just be like, you know what, we're good. We're just going to do sixteen and call it because that I would be welcome this year yeah. for a Bears yeah. team that I mean, like, and as we've said, I, I I'm really searching for re- reasons to get excited about this one, and even I, I just am, I just am. Listen, you're not the only one, Dan. That's okay though. We have plenty to talk about. We have, I, th- I guess. Also, the reality is that this could be Matt Nagy's last game as the head coach, yeah. at least in terms of, you know, 
us knowing that because if the Bears want to take advantage of the NFL's new rule, they don't have to fire Nagy today, but what they would have to do is inform him that he will not be back if they want to actually utilize that new rule where they have an opportunity to request the chance to go ahead and meet with coordinators via Zoom Mm -hmm. for an hour, and that would have to be made known to Matt Nagy by tomorrow that he's not going to be head coach. Now, that would surprise nobody. It will be interesting, though, to see if the Bears actually want to take advantage of that because if they do, would they have George McCaskey be the one meeting with possible coordinators for the head coaching position? the question, right? right? That's the question. Or would they allow Ryan Pace and or Ted Phillips to be on those Zoom calls and <laughs> leading them, which is, is is probably, you know, when we look at it from a macro point of view, that's, I think, where Bears fans are looking at this wondering, okay, that's the change I need to see if I'm to give you the benefit of the doubt and believe the Bears are actually moving in the right direction. Totally. You go through that list and I'm like... Can can we pick someone totally different? Like none of those people. I just feel like they need that big of a change at the top, and it needs to be that different. I don't know that I'd have George interviewing them. I, he's well, he's never wanted to really be that involved with the football side. Correct. You're right. The head coaching position certainly the owner is always going to meet with the head coach, of course, or you know the candidate. They, he's done that before, so. I could see the scenario where without having made a decision on Ryan Pace, it's possible that George McCaskey is just meeting with potential candidates that he's requested. Now, right. you do need the permission from the teams. They need to grant it, and they're not. there's no reason why they would have to. It is possible that um, some teams may actually deny those requests. We'll see how the new rule plays out. If yeah. teams are going to be willing to let their coordinators in season go ahead and take advantage of possible opportunities to further their career, or if we, or as we've seen in the NFL, quite times, uh, quite often, teams will be reluctant to let their coordinators go out, and um, you know, especially if they're for like positions where frequently you'll see like a quarterback coach have an opportunity to be an OC, right? And un- unless it's a head coaching position, NFL teams are are not obligated to allow their their candidates to go ahead and interview for them. So it's really at their you know, it's up to the team's discretion. So totally. it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But we'll continue to talk about that. We'll talk about what the Bears' future holds for their fan base uh, today on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Also, up in Seattle today, it is the opportunity for Jermaine Effetti and his revenge game. <laughs> Should that even be the case, though? I'd like to talk about that next. This, this, this. Is the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Fourth and one, and David Montgomery had an issue with his helmet, had to come off the field, so he is not out there. It's Khalil Herbert. That's Mooney in the backfield. Fields rolls his direction to the right on fourth and one. Steve Levy, a bit hyperbolic there on Monday Night Football <laughs> on ESPN. 
That was something. That um, fourth down in one play was one of the worst I have ever seen. Ever. That was an absolute disaster. I was just going to say, we're continuing your holiday cheer time here with that. It was awful. It was so awful. And I was still startled by the um, uh, like the brutal honesty of the booth throughout the entire i mean it was it was startling it it was kind of like wow they are not holding back but it was necessary right because we we've watched this team all year and um it is a it's a complete disaster and that like that play really summed it up (laughs) no you're right it's you know what was startling too was the vikings came into that game at six and seven and they were the team that was and listen, they were much more appealing because at least they're in the mix for the playoffs, you know. And they have some uh, dynamic offensive players with Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. and Delvin Cook, who the Bears did a good job of shutting down. And they did, uh, you know, but it was clear that they couldn't stop. But talking about how bad of a position the Bears are in right now, yes. because it is, it's really become okay. And we saw a lot of a. Uh, a lot of two shots of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy side mm-hmm. by side, right? Where like this situation is not great, and um, I'll let we will let uh, our listeners to hear from Lewis Riddick, who joined who joined Waddle and Sylvie on Thursday, I believe it was, and he was um, very outspoken, was not afraid. Maybe it was Wednesday. He was not afraid though to let everybody know that um, it was a, a a bad situation, and that I believe one of the most surprising things was Lewis was not afraid to say, "Hey, listen." Matt knows. We know it's. Uh, we know what's coming down the pike. I mean, that's mm-hmm. about as honest as you'll get from somebody without coming out right, right out right out and saying, "Hey, I know I'm gone. I know it's yeah. going to be over." But um, we'll. I'll let he- people hear from Lewis Riddick a little bit later on. But I did want to mention Jermaine Effetti gets the start at right tackle. Larry Borum will not be starting today, and I just have to ask why, right. Dion. What is your assessment of this? Because Jermaine Effetti will be a free agent in the offseason. I do not understand by any means why he is getting the start today when Larry Borum hopefully is part of the future for the Bears. And I just more opportunities to start is not a bad thing, especially when you get to the point where you're four and ten, really not playing for anything. I don't understand it either. I I, I really don't. And especially after like all the the odd attention he drew to himself last week, it was kind of like why I don't I don't understand. And and Larry Borm has been at a bright spot that maybe we didn't expect. We thought Tevin Jenkins would be more of the bright spot on the offensive line, but Borum has been good when called upon, and he's really like grown. And you, that would make way more sense to put him in a position to kind of continue to get those important reps up front. And I don't, I don't understand, but Jeff, there's a lot of things we don't understand. Right. And, and I, you were mentioning about, about Nagy, like, and Lewis Riddick, you know, indicating that Nagy knows that he's like on the end of this. That's what we've heard. That's what we've heard for over a month now is that it seems like he's already been informed that he's not going to be here next year. And that's why I'm curious about tomorrow, like how that is handled, because I do think based on the way he interacts with us, it feels like, there, there was finality to his time with the Bears at Thanksgiving. And we still yeah. had how many games? Six games left or whatever. Like he, There was some finality to that moment that I don't know that he's it, it's changed since then. Now, you know what? It's interesting. I hadn't thought about it, but you just mentioned it there. And we were you were talking about how when we played the soundbite when he announced initially that Met Nick Foles yeah. was going to be the starter today. And it is. It, it, it feels like a guy who was like, you know what? I'm just going to stand up here and without <laughs> – Maybe, maybe in the past he was he had a little bit more of a plan right. when he went up to the podium. But right. now it's like he's just like shrugging his shoulders, like I don't know. This is you know 
I'm obligated to be here for the right. next, you know, three weeks because I want to get my, I want to get paid. So I have to continue to coach this out. Right. But the reality is it's a very weird position to be in for a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also mentioned one thing about Effetti, which we should play now because it was, it was an odd situation when Tevin Jenkins comes to yeah. the, the defense of Justin Fields, right? And Fields, even in retrospect, talked about how, he, he at least you know maybe he doesn't want the penalty nobody wants the penalty the personal foul but he liked seeing jenkins come to his defense and i thought that whole altercation was made even odder by jermaine effetti <laughs> yeah. chastising uh tevin jenkins so publicly this is effetti though um during the week talking about what exactly happened just in that moment um i understood I understood why he was uh upset i understood um why he kind of went over there and 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 uh, did what he did, but you know uh, what? What you have to do in that moment is you gotta. Okay, I don't like what this guy did, but I have a lot more opportunities versus this player. The rest of the game, I have a lot more opportunities to impose my will on this player between the whistles and do it the the clean way, which we can do on the offensive line. We can get aggressive and do it that way. Uh, you know, in that moment, you know, in any moment, down fourteen, and you're trying to move the ball. We hadn't been finishing drives to that point. And you get behind the sticks, there's no plays on the playbook and the play sheet that, that, that can account for second and 22 and then third and 15. You know, you're punting in and then they have field position. So uh, just in the future, I love the aggression. I love the passion he plays with. And uh, I love the kid. But um, in the future, yeah, we don't want to get those penalties. And the message I sent to him is that, and the, what I talked to him about is that um can't cost the team. There's no good situation to cost the team. In that, uh, in any scenario, uh, no matter how upset you are, you can't do it. Um, and you know, I, I compared. I said, look, I've been that guy in my career. You know, you're getting bad penalties, and you know, it might look like, oh, you know, you're you, you're doing it because of this and that. But at the end of the day, it hurts you and it hurts it hurts the team. And you know, we just can't have that. We can't have that in any situation because 15 yards, you can't get that back. There's no there's no play in the playbook unless you know the defense busts something. But it just doesn't happen much in the NFL. Now, I thought if Fetty's explanation of what he was trying to tell him was far more interesting than seeing the outburst where, again, young player, rookie who is making his you know first NFL right. career start. I didn't like if Fetty taking that moment to really go off on Jenkins. I thought that's a situation where you could just kind of control his anger yes. and then tell him on the sidelines, hey, man. And then it's just exactly what you told us. You can tell Jenkins that I some I don't know. It's one of those situations where I didn't really think if Eddie kind of making the show a little bit about him in that situation yes. was uh, warranted either. His first game in 10 weeks for Jermaine, 11 weeks. Like he hadn't played since week five, right? And he's coming yeah. back from injury and he's like making making his presence known in the weirdest way. It just it just felt odd for a guy who hadn't been there in so long to take that moment to to be the example, to to use it as a teaching moment when he could have done exactly what you said, just kind of pulled Jenkins aside off the field and talked to him then. But he also knows like how strapped this offense is. You can't give up 15 yards. We aren't getting that back. Like it's not something we can make up really easily. They have to their margin for error is so small. Like I get what he was saying. It just seemed oddly placed. In that moment. Yeah. I also feel like in the, it's such an emotional game. Yeah. The players certainly understand that that's never warranted and not something they want to do. But the reality totally. is, too, how many times have you seen a lineman go come to the defense of their quarterback? I mean, it happens 
it, when it doesn't happen, we're surprised, right? Now, mm-hmm. they don't always, and, and, and this is, you know, maybe to Fetty's point, it doesn't always result in a flag for the linemen. And so I can understand that. But at the same time, you know, I, I just feel like this, your season is, is at a spot where mm-hmm. Jenkins coming in, you know, especially against a division rival too, who, who you know you're going to be seeing, you know, twice a year going forward for him. Not a bad deal to come to the defense of your quarterback. And if it costs you 15 in this situation, I really wasn't um, overly upset with the way it played out. I, I was actually more upset with Fetty for, again, making it look worse than I thought it actually was at that point. But what are you going to do? We'll right. see if Fetty's actually back next year with the Bears. Right. And I also, though, question, this is too where, is this with Matt Nagy as the head coach, would, if, if they had parted ways with him earlier in the, in the season at this point after the Lions game or a week, you know, during that week prior to it actually being played, you know, would a interim coach be turning to Larry Borum? I think that's a fair question mm-hmm. right now because I just don't understand why Jermaine Effetti is somebody who needs to get a start at right tackle right now. No, I don't Especially, either. you know, Unless hey. they think, I'm sorry to, cut, to interrupt no, you. No, please, unless, unless they think that he's somehow going to be motivated because it's his revenge game in Seattle. Like somehow he's going to play as the heart out for Nick Foles and uh, yeah, a bad but, Bears team. Like, is that what it's about? I don't, I don't know. I think that might be the thought process. But the truth is, with Nick Foles as your starter, I don't know what we're what we're trying <laughs> what to we're trying to do here. I, right? I could, I could like wrap my head around. Okay, listen. You want to give Jermaine, uh, Justin Fields every opportunity to have the best protection possible uh, possible up front. Right. But at, at this stage, with Nick Foles back, like, I just don't see. Larry Borum is somebody you're hoping you can develop. And I think every snap for him is precious moving forward. And yes. I just don't, you know, if Jermaine Effetti's back, it's certainly not going to be based on what he does in today's game. It's going to be based on what you've seen from him last season and this season, the games that he was actually out there, right? Right. I don't think anything he does down the stretch here should really be uh, determining whether or not Fetty's coming back. If you like him as a player, um, maybe the leadership that he provides, that should already at this point be noted. And there's certainly, I wouldn't expect going to break the bank for anything that Fetty has done this year. Because as you mentioned, he hasn't been out on the field enough. So I don't know. It's just... You, you, you look at the Bears today as they head to Seattle and you say, just another decision where I'm questioning where they're at as an organization. Yeah, that's, they truly yeah. know how to get right. What did you uh, think of Matt Nagy's outburst on Monday night? You know, I, I it, it, it was frustration at this point in the season where it's, I think he, he had, I was okay with it, but I was yeah. amused too. Like, I did feel like at a certain point, I was wondering if he was going to get a second. Right. Um, a second penalty and actually get tossed from the game, which is a rarity in the NFL. It's one thing in baseball. You see it all the time. Managers getting tossed. You do not see NFL head coaches or head coaches in football in general get tossed. And I thought we might be on the verge of it, (laughs) but um, you know, like it was to the point where I can understand he was just so frustrated and it seemed like some, there were a lot of bad calls going against the bears. They've been on the wrong side so often this year that I think it was just frustration boiling over. And, you know, I, I can understand why, he wanted to, especially like, you know, the Dion Bush flag was oh just my gosh. ridiculous, right? right? Like right. there's like, it's, it's, it's so it's impossible to play um, defense in this league to begin with. Mm-hmm. And when you make it that much harder by calling fouls that shouldn't be called, oh, it's a right. problem. It's a problem in every way. So I could, I understood it. 
more than anything. I also felt like it was a breaking point. It was like yes. all these other things on his brain. And he's like, you know what? If I'm going to let loose, I'm going to make it happen right now. And like just getting all of that out because this has been so challenging for him and such a challenging thing for the, the franchise. But for him to be the, the spokesperson during such a terrible season, it did feel like a lot of that emotion was suddenly coming out in that moment that he was just losing his mind. All right, we are about a little over an hour and a half away from the Bears kicking off in Seattle. We should have inactives rolling in momentarily. We'll share those with you when we come back. And also, lots going on around the league mm-hmm. as games as the early window approaches halftime. We'll let you know what's going on around the NFL in what, right when we're back here on uh, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. We are back on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show here on ESPN1000. Coming up a little bit later in the show, we'll give away points. Bet prize pack as we do during every show. Fun. Right now, as we are getting set to lead you up to uh, Bears and Seahawks, I'm Jeff Miller along with Deion Miller. Uh, maybe uh, zip around the league here, Deion, for the okay. folks out there who are driving around listening to what we're uh, what's going on, want to be aware. It looks like the uh, Bengals are putting it on the Ravens right now. Not mm-hmm. a huge surprise, I think, as the Ravens have Josh Johnson starting for them in place of Tyler Huntley, who was put on the COVID list. The Bengals leading that one 31-14 at halftime right now. Joe Burrow has three touchdown passes and 299 passing yards. Wow. Also, the uh, Rams up at halftime, 13-3 in the Metrodome on the Vikings right now. Matthew Stafford, 120 and a touchdown. We've got the Bills beating the Patriots at half, 17-7 in New England. So at Foxborough, that game going a long way in helping determine who will probably win the AFC East. We've got the Jets beating the Jaguars 13-12. Not sure if you caught it, but the highlight, Zach Wilson had a long 52-yard touchdown run where he was skirting along the sideline, started to slow up, looked like he was going to step out of bounds. Then all of a sudden he took off and the defender, you know, it's just another reason why it's so difficult to play uh, defense these days, Deion, because, um, you know, you, you can't hit the quarterback. And I guess right. unless it's Justin Fields and, you know, then you do get to push him out of bounds if you're the Vikings. But nevertheless, it's just it's crazy trying to play defense in this league. The yeah. uh, Giants and the Giants and Eagles in a three to three game right now at the halftime. Not uh, not a whole lot of offense in that one right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on top of the Carolina Panthers 19 to six as Tom Brady is doing what he can without uh, quite a few of his offensive skill players. We know that Evans, Godwin, and Leonard Fournette are all out of this one, but Antonio Brown has returned for the Bucks. He's got seven catches for 67 yards. The Texans are on top of the Chargers right now, and a bit of a surprise. That one is in Houston. The Texans are leading that game 17-12 to right now at the start of the third quarter. Texans just received the kickoff to start the half. And finally right now, the Falcons and Lions are all tied up at 10 as that one has just started in the third quarter as well. 
the uh, Lions are playing with uh, Tim Do- Tim Boyle mm-hmm. as their starting quarterback with uh, Jared Goff on the COVID list. So that is what's going on around the league right now in the NFL. Jeff, I have Bears and Actives if we'd like to. Please, go that's those. what uh, I was waiting for. I know everybody wants to know what is the word with Justin Fields. Yeah. Justin Fields inactive today. So. We must get to know Ryan Willis, apparently, just in case. Um, quarterback Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Jakeem Grant, Xavier Crawford, Jason Peters, and Lachavius Simmons all on the inactive list for the Bears as they get set to take on the Seahawks in the snow. Yes. So how do we feel about it, this? I, you know, I guess uh, maybe that's one of the reasons to get excited. It's always fun to watch a snow game, it right? Is, Especially yeah. when it's a game where you don't have to really worry about whether or not your team's playoff implications are going to be affected. So we can just watch snow football. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't have a white Christmas here in Chicago, but you can get your fill of snow in Seattle today as the Bears take on the Seahawks. Um, And, you know, we'll see what Russell Wilson can do in the snow, and I guess we'll see what Nick Foles does in the snow with uh, Ryan Willis uh, holding the clipboard today without Justin Fields active. And, you know, no no real surprise there, I think, if – if Justin Fields, the way I look at it, if he's not healthy enough to start, I'm fine with him. I don't want to, as a Bears fan, I really don't want them to push him into action and put him in a position where he has to come on, you know, in in relief of Nick Foles for any reason. So right. I'm perfectly fine with him being inactive if Same. he's not available to start, right? Uh, totally, totally. I mean, there's no reason to push it at this point. The outcome of this game does not matter in the grand scheme of things. It really doesn't. And so there's no reason to put your franchise quarterback, at least we hope that's what he is, uh, the franchise quarterback in in a position to get further injured in, in a, in a meaningless, essentially meaningless game. So, yeah, yeah no, no I agree with that. You mentioned that, and that's a fair question. How do you feel about Justin Fields right now, what you've observed? They drafted him to be the franchise quarterback. But I will say a lot of people have, defaulted to the designation of franchise quarterback, right? And that's the one thing where I'll I'll push back a little bit. Just because you gave up a first-round pick and you drafted him in the first round does not make him a franchise quarterback. Certainly, that's what we experienced with Mitchell Trubisky, and I'm not saying that I think he's Mitchell Trubisky. I'm hopeful. I've seen more glimpses that the talent is there, and I think when he's eventually paired – with a what I hope to be a competent play caller for the next Bears head coach. Mm-hmm. I think the you know the sky's the limit for Justin Fields, but I will advise Bears fans that until we actually get to next year right now, I have a hard time saying that Justin Fields is going to be the franchise quarterback just yet. I, I don't why why do we do that? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why do why do Bears fans do that to themselves? Like they draft him and instead of saying he has the potential to be that, they immediately say, Well, now we have a franchise quarterback. Do we? We haven't we, even seen him do anything yet. Like slow your roll, right? And we want it so bad. So Dion, badly. It's like we, we it's like if we we'll, we'll just keep speaking it into existence <laughs> and maybe will it happen, right? That's right. unfortunately um, it, it's uh, it's a bad place to be in right now. You know, we had um, Dan Weeder on earlier in the week. I was working with Connor McKnight as we were filling in for Carmen and Yurko. Mm-hmm. And I asked Dan, like, you know, can you fairly assess Justin Fields at this stage? This is what he had to say. Well, my, my, my first assessment is God bless you for being honest, right? And that's all I asked of people when we got into this season was that you be honest. I'm all for the justifiable hope, the justifiable optimism, 
the justifiable enthusiasm that comes along with Justin's skill set and his long-term potential. But you also have to be honest about the errors, right? And he's turning the ball over too much. He's fumbling the ball too much. He's missing too many plays. You know, you can blame Matt Nagy uh, with, with, with good reason for a lot of the offensive struggles, but the quarterback is part of that as well. And Justin hasn't played at a high enough level to make anyone in this city feel like, okay, that is absolutely, without question, the answer for the next 10 years, right? He has to be better. Some of this, as you mentioned, goes along with being a rookie. And I, I am all for the gathering of experience, right? And a game like Monday, not pretty, but it puts another thing in Justin's library where he got to see a Vikings defense that challenges you in a lot of different ways, puts a lot of heat on you on third down, and you go through that experience, and now it's up to Justin to make sure that all of those struggles and all those failures get channeled into productive improvement and that they don't hurt his psyche. The good news about Justin this year is there has been no signs that, that psychologically he's frazzled or, or afraid or any of those things. And so the, the mental fortitude has been very significant. There's still three more games to go, and he's got to stay locked in to squeeze as much as he can out of these three games, knowing obviously that you know probably six weeks from now he's meeting a new coach, a new offensive system, and, and trying to get on the same page with all of that. So there you go. Dan Weeder, yeah. who covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune, joined us earlier in the week. And that was his assessment of what he's seen from field so far. And it's accurate. I mean, you can't you can't ignore the mistakes that he's made and continues to make. And yes, he is learning on the job. Yes, he is being asked to grow on the job and and going through things as a football player that he never really has. Right. He's never gone through struggles like this. He's never had to deal with this kind of adversity or or been on uh, in this position where there there is a lot of pressure on him to be that franchise it guy for this team and it's like you can't ignore how that impacts somebody in their in their early 20s trying to turn this into a career he says all the right things that's for sure but you still have to hold him accountable for the errors that he is making and you want to see that significantly change on you know on the quick here like you don't want that to linger into his second season no matter who the play caller may be Dion Miller, it looks like we've actually found the one person out there who wants to see Nick Foles. Oh. Scotty is in Plano. Scotty, uh, you are on ESPN 1000, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show here on ESPN 1000. You actually would like to see Nick Foles today? Yes, I really would. And I, I'm comparing this to a Terminator Judgment Day movie. <laughs> and there was Caskies and Ted Phillips, their Terminator. And you would probably put Matt Nagy as Sarah Connor. And then you'd probably put Nick Foles and the Bears team as Kyle Reese, the one who saves Sarah Connor. And if, <laughs> if he does if he does bad today, Nick Foles, he's going to be terminated. Playing simple. Three quarterbacks, no, it's not going to happen. But what if he goes 25 for 30 for over 300 yards and three touchdowns? Does Sarah Connor get saved? Does uh, Nagy uh, get saved? <laughs> uh, you know what, Scotty? Fortunately, I think we're past the point of no return here with that. Um, I don't think there's anything Nick Foles can actually do to actually save uh, Matt Nagy's job. I think we're at the point where we know his fate. Don't, but don't you admire the creativity, Miller? Like, come on. Like, I couldn't. I, he put that whole scenario together for us. I'm impressed with that. I do think we are at the point of no return. That was well played. Agreed. Perhaps. I think it's, you know, um, just the holiday season. Maybe uh, our man Scotty's got a few weeks off and he's getting so, the edibles a little early. I was going to say, or put down the eggnog, Scotty. Like, yeah, focus either in way. But, um, <laughs> listen, uh, we're, we'll, we'll field your calls. Whether or not we'll entertain them as serious or not, that is a completely different situation. But you know who we do take seriously? Teddy Greenstein, who always we helps do. us 
with the plays that we should be looking at on the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. He joins us every week. He joins us next here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the ESPN Chicago Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show on ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Here are your hosts, Jeff Miller and ABC7's Dion Miller. Getting you set for Bears and Seahawks, which kicks off at the Today, I'm Jeff Meller, along with Deion Miller, on the pregame show. And, of course, we had ourselves a festive Christmas. Hopefully, the folks out there got in on the right side of the action with both the Colts and Browns covering yesterday. I'll say it was a, an odd way for the Browns to go ahead and cover. Baker Mayfield doing his best to try and prevent that from happening. But the Packers and Aaron, I don't know if it was Aaron Rodgers' toe or, you know, they're in this position where they're just not going out of their way to put him in harm's way. And so the Packers will do just what they need to do. And yesterday it proved it proved it was enough, although it seemed to me that anytime they really wanted to, they should have been able to move the ball a little bit more easily. Mm-hmm. But um, they had more than enough to win the game, even though it may not have covered for the folks out there. But this is why we turn to our expert right now, Teddy Greenstein of PointsBet, joins us here on ESPN 1000. Dion, uh, say hello to Teddy Greenstein. Hello, Teddy. Happiest <laughs> of holidays to you. How are you doing, sir? I'm awesome, guys. Great to be with you. I think these are some of the days where, you know, you need the betting because, <laughs> uh, especially for this Bears-Seahawks game, I mean, they are just playing up string. So we need uh, a little extra incentive to watch games like this. Well, bring no, it you then. Can, you- <laughs> You absolutely We're trying to like listen. We're not. We're not pretending. We're not putting lipstick on a pig here. We, Dion and I, have not lied in any way. We've told folks out there, you know, listen to this pregame show for the entertainment. But if you want to watch the Bears and Nick Foles under center today, that is completely your choice. Have fun watching in the snow. Maybe the reason you do so is because you want to go ahead and take advantage of the money making opportunity, right, Teddy? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of like these college bowl games, you know, most of which uh, fans don't care who wins other than how it affects their wallet. I mean, this is purely entertainment. A lot of these games at some point, you know, probably a third of them have nothing to do with the NFL playoffs. So we're thinking about bets. We're thinking about our NFL futures. You know, I might have something on Micah Parsons as a defensive player of the year. So I'm hoping that Dallas defense does some good things. Against Washington, um, I'm looking at Buffalo, New England. I'm sure a lot of people have some. Maybe they have a um, Bill Belichick future on Coach of the Year. So a lot of different, you know, reasons to root for teams and individuals uh, come December. So what else would you encourage um, Bears fans to be betting on? What are some of the props for t- for a game like today with Nick Foles? I mean, is there is yeah. there a wager out there for if Robert Quinn? breaks the record <laughs> anything give us something teddy <laughs> well yeah i mean let's just start with the points for let's start with the basics so i mean the line right now is seven points so if you want the bears you're getting seven if you if you like the seahawks you're laying seven uh it opened at six and a half and then mm-hmm. has nudged up 
to seven points. Betting's been pretty even, like 57% of the handle on the Seahawks. I don't think uh, the market knows what to make of these guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Bears uh, quarterback situation is thrown thrown that in there as well. Um, the total opened at 44, but it's dropped all the way to 41. So I think for that, we can thank uh, a cold Nick Foles coming in instead of Justin Fields. That's probably worth about three points on the total. So, you know, you, you get creative on a day like today. There are a lot of different ways to bet this game. I mean, one thing I'm looking at, like let's say you like Seattle, but you're wary of giving seven points. Um, you can take Seattle just to win and get under 44 and a half. So you get three extra points there. So Seattle win under 44 and a half at plus 110. So you can get creative on like, that's kind of like a teaser parlay combo. And then absolutely on the prop bets, uh, Nick Foles passing total 220.5. Seems kind of high. Um, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, 240. You know, one thing I'm looking at at Russell Wilson is rushing total. His rushing total of points bet is 15 and a half. And obviously, you know, in his earlier days, he was one of the greatest, you know, scrambling quarterbacks uh, in the game. But since he's come back from the injury, he is not rushing as much. Last week, he attempted zero rushes. The week before, two attempts, eight yards. So I'm thinking under 15 and a half on uh, Russell's uh, rushing total. Teddy, um, maybe if uh, some Bears fans have their eyes wander just a bit during the afternoon games, they've got that Kansas City Chiefs game Mm -hmm. against the Steelers. Now, the Chiefs are not going to have Travis Kelsey today. He did not pass the COVID protocol, but they do get Tyreek Hill back. Now, it looks like at minus 10.5, that is still a pretty big number for the Chiefs to cover, even at home against the Steelers. Any way you're leaning in this one? Uh, I'm not going to play that one because, yeah, I feel like the Chiefs are – often overrated. I mean, especially last year, you know, everybody just can, the perception was that the Chiefs were just steamrolling all these teams, and they ended up playing some really close games. Now, uh, the Chiefs have had a couple blowouts this year, but double digits, you know, Roethlisberger and co., pretty good defense on the other side, a lot of pride. I just don't really see that as a blowout. Um, Broncos are at the Raiders. That game is basically a pick them, Drew Locke mm-hmm. in for Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe that hurts the Broncos. Maybe that helps the Broncos. <laughs> I'm not sure. The Raiders have probably given up on the season. And then there's definitely going to be interest in the game tonight, uh, the WFT at the Cowboys, for a bunch of reasons. Like, is Dak Prescott, is he finally going to turn it around? He's a huge favorite for NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I have a little mm-hmm. bit on Nick Bosa at 10-1, to 1, so I'm hoping that Dak Prescott doesn't do amazing things um and all the points bet clients will find that they have a ten dollar free bet in their account today that they can use on that game so put together some crazy parlay with a couple cool touchdown scores and uh, maybe you can turn that 10 bucks into something big there you go and how about uh, one last one as we spring in here teddy tomorrow night the saints are hosting the dolphins Taysom hill is out it yeah. looks like ian book is going to be under center Anyway, uh, you're looking at this one as the Dolphins right now are minus two and a half in New Orleans. Yeah, I thought the Dolphins line, I I thought it would go to four or four and a half. Dolphins are Mm -hmm. playing great football. Saints um, are traditionally not that good at home. And Ian Book, now, look, Ian Book, I saw him play a ton in college, and and I'm a Mm -hmm. huge advocate of his. I think he was uh, underrated and I guess because a little bit he's a little shy on the size-wise. He doesn't have the strongest arm, so he got overlooked by most of the NFL scouts. So I think he could be a good NFL quarterback. But in this spot, you're only having to give two and a half points if you're the Dolphins and have a ton to play for. So 
I definitely think uh, the road fave is the is the play of that one. I am in total agreement with you there, Teddy. All right, man. Thanks, as always, for jumping on with us. We will chat with you next week. Love the Jeff and Dion. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks, Teddy. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right. And because Teddy Greenstein says uh, goodbye to us now, it is your chance to win yourself a points bet sportsbook prize pack. Of course, you must be 20, 21 or older and live in Illinois. Um, official concept, contest rules can be found at ESPNChicagoContest.com. 312-332-3776. What caller would you like to be the winner today, Dion? Mm, what number is Nick Foles wear? Nine? Nine. For Jim Let's McMahon slash Nick, Foles. Slash Nick the, Foles. Wow, what a juxtaposition that is. Uh, yeah, number listen, nine. Man, you know what? <laughs> two, two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. I love it's it. True. That is it's true. The perfect. That is exactly the symmetry we need on the points bet sportsbook pregame show. <laughs> Don't forget, do you will you will win uh, a a table for four at any of the three Chicagoland sportsbook locations. A professional football jersey of your choosing. One VIP gift bag, including four points bet hoodies and points bet swag. You will also receive four $25 on-site wagers and racing from Hawthorne Racecourse. Four $25 on-site wagers on sports 